Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lenz, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you download our free Living Truth app. Now here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Ephesians 4, 7 through 16, called Equipped to Serve. The bigger point, I think, instead of getting caught up in all the details of that view, is to just say we have help, and Christ pours out gifts to the church, and he has given to each one of us grace gifts that we are to employ in his service. What are they? Well, it says in verse 11, and this speaks of we've heard of our heavenly help. If you want to divide it this way, we have heavenly help from the Lord. Here's our earthly help, verse 11. And he, and Jesus is still in view, gave some as apostles and some as prophets and some as evangelists and some as pastors and teachers. And what did he give them for? He gave them for the equipping of the saints for the work of service. So now we get some specifics about what Christ gives. And one of his gifts to his church is apostles and prophets. We, we believe the foundation of the church, and you can write down Ephesians 2, verse 20, to see the foundation is built upon the apostles and prophets. Jesus is the chief cornerstone. Some he gave as evangelists. We certainly believe that that's a role today, uh, and that can be an office today. We're all called to evangelize, but we are not all necessarily evangelists. And the role of an evangelist in a church is to stir the church to evangelism. And so we don't often think of when we're trying to uh, think of church staff and we're trying to think of people's callings, that one of the things that an evangelist does is he equips the church as well. Many of you have heard this passage taught, and you know that pastors and teachers are given to the church for the equipping of the saints, and that's certainly true, and that would be one of my major points tonight. But, but another point to consider is that an evangelist is also given for the equipping of the saints to do what? To equip us to evangelize, and how we need that, how we need people in the church to tell us we need to get busy in evangelism, because the statistics on evangelism, according to modern polls they've taken, are pretty weak. It says only about 5% five of, five of us regularly share our faith. That's pretty sad. When you think that's one of the major missions of the church and 95% of it, us aren't doing it. And so the role of the evangelist is to come and to equip the saints and say, here's how you do it. Now, I'm an evangelist at heart. I don't have as much time uh, for evangelism as I used to because I do a lot of studying and preparation for teaching. And I do think that God has graced me with both gifts. And I do try to stir people to evangelism from the pulpit because we need it. And I need it. I like to listen to evangelists who will shake my tree, if you know what I'm saying. Because it's easy to get lazy. It's easy to put evangelism on the back burner. And I'll hear a message from an evangelist, and I'll start putting gospel tracts back in my pocket. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes we get lazy about it. Sometimes we just kind of go on vacation from evangelism. Um, you know. And then we hear a message. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Oh, that's right. And you get the gospel tracts back out, and you start looking for people that you might share the good news of the gospel. God gave some as apostles, some as prophets. I think those offices are, are now past us. Some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers. Now, a pastor here is poimen. It means a shepherd. 
A shepherd feeds and he guides and he protects. So you have that. And teachers, and some see pastors and teachers as a synonymous type of gift, but they are given for the equipping of the saints. Now see that word equipping? That word means to furnish for service or for action. An evangelist and a pastor and teacher is supposed to equip the saints, get this, for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ. Not only are we supposed to equip you to serve, your service is supposed to build up the body of Christ. The pastor equips the church, the evangelist equips the church to build up the body so that the body might be stronger to go out and make a difference in the world. Now, a lot of you guys have tried bodybuilding. Can I get an amen from anybody out there? How many of you joined a gym after Thanksgiving and then you never showed up, but you're still paying the monthly fees? Anybody? Nobody wants to make a confession? Okay, so anyway, people do that, right? We have this good intention about building up our body, right? And we know what it takes to build up a body. What it takes is no more Oreos and Ho-Hos and Twinkies and, or at least a limited supply, right? And you gotta work! It actually takes some work to build up your body. And Arnold made it famous, or whoever was with him, no pain, no gain, right? It actually takes some work to study and to engage your gift. It's not always easy. To get to India, you had to get on an airplane, right? That's not my favorite part, personally. How, how many hours on an airplane? One way. What do you guess, 24 Okay, 22 hours, basically, to get to India for half-star accommodations. <laughs> when I was there, I'm serious. You were lucky if the fan stayed on at night, and then I slept in a bed and had a net on top of it, and I said, what's the net for? They said, that's for the mosquitoes. And then I said, what are the things on the walls climbing around? They said, those are geckos. I said, Geckos? Are you kidding me? Call the exterminator. He said, no, you don't want to get rid of the geckos. The geckos eat the mosquitoes and the wasps that may be coming in at night. And so I said, oh, the gecko's my friend. <laughs> oh, you're such a nice gecko. So the gecko was sleeping next to me. No, I'm just... <laughs> and so it's for the equipping of the saints. Now think of how important equipment is. Think of sports. I can't help but sports analogies. I think of a hockey goalie. Remember when the hockey goalies didn't wear anything and then they wore that weird Jason mask like in the 70s and 80s, right? That was scary. And now they have some great equipment. But imagine if you didn't have the right equipment as a hockey goalie. That's why they walk around and when they smile, ee, they're missing stuff. That's right. The proper equipment is absolutely essential in sports, and it is absolutely essential in your Christian walk. If you are not equipped, listen, you are going to be hurt. That's why it is very sad that men go to pulpits and preach flowery, cotton candy sermons to churches which don't equip them to go out and do what they're called to do. We make everybody feel comfortable like Christianity was a spectator sport. Now, a, a pastor is standing in the stead of Christ being his voice, if you will, to the church saying, do my will. Now, the pastor is a weak human being 
called by the grace of God, just like everybody else, just has different gifts, but his job is to stir the church to love and good deeds, to stimulate the people of God, and we need it. I listen to other pastors all the time because I know I need to be taught and I need to be ministered to as well. Now, this equipping, you know, we'll talk about later with the armor of God, but you can, you can make the parallel to the armor of God. It's to furnish for service or for action, to equip the saints, that's the church, verse 12, for the work of service, the word service means ministry, to the building up of the body of Christ. Now, how long should this take place? Well, it's gonna take place until we attain to the unity. And remember, unity was a big part of this section Verse three says we're to preserve the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. Verse 13 is a doctrinal unity until we attain the unity, notice the next words, of the faith. This doesn't mean unity in you have faith, I have faith, wonderful, doesn't matter what our faith is in. The the two words of the faith speak of the faith once for all delivered to the saints. That's a Jude 3 verse. Contend earnestly for the faith once for all delivered to the saints. It's not faith in whatever, it's the faith, the true faith. Unity is around the essentials of the Christian faith, the historic Christian faith. You can't have unity with people who believe in another God because you're not unified around the most important thing. The faith speaks of the Christian faith, right? Now we can have disagreement on non-essential issues, we can disagree about eschatology, timing of the rapture. We can disagree about you know, vegetarianism and whether or not you should eat meat or other things. But we can't disagree about Jesus Christ. Who he is, his identity. The two most important things I would say if you sum them up are who is God and how do you get saved? And here is where we have an issue where unity must be centered in, and this is the job of the pastor teacher. He is to equip the saints for service until we all, all of us, the body, attain the unity of the faith, keep reading, and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man. We're to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now hold that thought and turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Just a few letters back. 2 Corinthians 4. Now notice this. This is actually going out on our radio broadcast, this chapter. And something struck me when I was reading this again. I want you to see the connection. Paul says, therefore, 2 Corinthians 4, 1, since we have this ministry, as we've received mercy, we do not lose heart. But we have renounced the things hidden, 2 Corinthians 4, 2, because of shame, not walking in craftiness or adulterating the word of God. That word speaks of not watering down the word of God. But by the manifestation of truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, three, it is veiled to those who are perishing, in whose case the God of this world, I think everybody, every scholar agrees that's Satan, has blinded the minds of the unbelieving, so that they may not see, might not see the light of the gospel, there's the nature of how you get saved, of the glory of Christ, who is Christ, who is the image of God. There you have the light of the gospel, how do you get saved? And the, the glory of Christ, or the image of God, the nature of God. How do you get saved? 
You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. Producer Rob Newton here, and on behalf of Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team, thank you so much to our financial and prayer partners. Whether you have given a one-time donation or you have become a monthly partner, you have contributed to our mission to reach out with God's truth to all people and helping listeners like you apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You've heard that before, right? Well, we mean it. Thanks to our financial partners, we have added three new radio stations this year. Our prayer is to bless our new listeners the way we have hopefully been a blessing to you. If you're a long-time listener, would you please consider becoming a $5 a month partner? That may not seem like much, but every little bit makes it possible for us to continue our broadcasts, podcasts, and free apologetic events. Please become a partner giving at least $5 a month. Visit walkintruth.com to donate or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. Speaks of not watering down the Word of God, but by the manifestation of truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, three, it is veiled to those who are perishing, in whose case the God of this world, I think everybody, every scholar agrees that's Satan, has blinded the minds of the unbelieving so that they may not see, might not see the light of the gospel. There's the nature of how you get saved, of the glory of Christ, who is Christ, who is the image of God. There you have the light of the gospel, how do you get saved? And the the glory of Christ or the image of God, the nature of God. How do you get saved? Who is God? That's the most important thing. Look at verse two again. Paul says, we are not walking in craftiness, nor are we adulterating what? The word of God. Do you know something? In this context, Paul is not saying that the main area in which Satan works is in an evolutionary mind. That is not the flow of his thought. What he is saying is we don't adulterate the word of God so that people's minds won't be blinded to the true gospel, who God is, and how you get saved. He's saying basically that people can end up being blinded to the gospel listening to corrupted Bible teaching. Because the Bible says that people will twist the scriptures to their own destruction. That's the flow of the thought. So whenever I think of blinding the mind of an unbeliever, I think, oh, that's somebody who's embraced evolutionary thought, or that's somebody who believes in some weird concept that's way wacky, way north of the Bible. I'm not so sure now. I think that there may be a lot more people than we can think of or shake a stick at, if you will, who may be uh, without the true knowledge of God who are sitting in churches regularly. I think that's the flow of Paul's thought. Back to Ephesians chapter four. And so we are to be equipped for the work of service to the building up the bot of the body of Christ until we attain this unity of the faith. What do we need to be unified around? We need to be unified around who God is and how you get saved. You have a Jehovah's Witness come to your door. Hello, sir. 
oh, I have coffee for you today. Come on in, right? And then you say, sick them. No, you don't do that, right? Okay, so you're going to have a conversation with them, and they want to talk about whether or not you should serve in the military, why you celebrate Christmas, should you salute the flag. Look, we can have those discussions, but if we don't talk about who God is and how you get saved, it doesn't matter what we believe about the other things. Are you with me? So when you have a conversation with somebody about spiritual things, realize that the enemy works in these two areas, the light of the gospel and the light of Christ. And so stick to those areas. Say, who do you think Jesus is? Oh, well, we think this. Okay, let's compare that to what the Bible says. And then we need to make a defense, a reason for the hope that we have, yet with gentleness and reverence or meekness. And that's a word we looked at last Wednesday, which means power under control. So we don't slap people around with the Bible and make fun of their beliefs. That's not what we do. I said that in jest when I said, sick them. <laughs> but what I am saying is we need to show them the love of Christ and the truth of Christ. We are to attain the unity of the faith, the knowledge of who Jesus Christ is, the Son of God, to a mature man. That means we're to grow up to the measure of the stature, which belongs to what? There's that word again. The fullness of Christ. We're back in Ephesians 4. Uh, during the Arab-Israeli War of 1967, an American reporter was flying over the Sinai Desert with an Israeli officer, and they spotted some 50,000 stranded Egyptian soldiers who obviously were dying of thirst. And many of you are watching Egypt and Syria with great interest uh, in the last uh, several days. Man, pray for our leaders. Boy, they need wisdom. And so um, they saw these 50,000 troops stranded, Egyptian soldiers dying of thirst. When the situation was reported in the newspapers, a number of world leaders and organizations tried to do something to help. But every time a plan was suggested, some military, diplomatic, or bureaucratic obstacle prevented it from being carried out. By the time help came, thousands of soldiers had died. How equally tragic it is for churches to spin their wheels in programs and committees while thousands around them are desperately in near need of spiritual water, the spiritual water of the word, and they don't get it because we're too busy doing other stuff. And so Paul says we need to grow up. We need to become mature. Now maturity obviously is a process. We all know that. We all started somewhere, right? You know, whenever we're talking to someone, we need to realize that if you've been a Christian for 20 years, a six-month-old Christian is not going to be where you are. They're not going to have all the theology down. They're not going to have all their end time stuff down. They're going to be where they are. And so you have to realize as a person that you need to meet people where they are. Amen? I'm going to have a different discussion with someone who's been a Christian for 20 years about morality or things like that. I'm not changing my morality, but I'm going to probably attack it in a different way, uh, maybe uh, about certain subjects than I am with someone who's been a Christian for six months and vice versa. You know what I'm saying? Paul says, I've become all things to all men that by means of that I might win some. You never compromise the message, but you certainly have to meet people where they are. Now, as a result, when we mature 14, we are no longer to be children. NIV says, then we're no longer to be infants tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine. That word simply means teaching by the trickery of men. Now, Paul reminds us again that men are at the heart of the trickery, inspired by Satan, no doubt, 
By craftiness, that's sophistry. The Greek word means, actually it was used, uh, the, the idea of trickery was used in the rolling of dice when people would fix a dice game, kind of like people would do it in poker, you know, slipping the, the ace up their sleeve. That's the idea of this language. Intentional trickery, and you have people being blown around by these men uh, who are crafty, and they spend their time in sophistry, cunning, treachery, and deceitful scheming. They lie in wait, King James, to deceive. Boy, the Bible is full of this kind of stuff. And it tells us we gotta be mature in the, the true faith so that we, not, we are not blown around by every wind of doctrine. Have you met somebody like that? They blow in, hey, you won't believe what's going on over here, man. Wow, their hair's all wacky, right? And then the next time you see them, I'm over here now, and I figured this out, but they're everywhere. There's no stability. They're kind of like the proverbial tumbleweed. You know, tumbleweeds, they just blow wherever. Get stuck under cars, they're prickly. You know what I'm talking about. They don't have deep roots. And we meet them, we're like, what's going on with you now? Oh, I'm over here now. I'm trying a little Buddhism. I'm over here now. Right? They're everywhere. And Paul's saying, look, we need to grow up. We need to mature. We're no longer to be like little children tossed here and there. What do we know about little kids? Well, they kind of just blow with the wind, right? right? They're not real stable in decisions that they make. And we expect that because they're little kids. But there's a time to grow up. You've been listening to Equipped to Serve, Part 2 on Walk in Truth. That was Pastor Michael's teaching in Ephesians 4, 7 through 16. And if you missed any part of today's program, you can always listen to Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Pastor Michael would like you to mark your calendar for August 22nd for our next 633 event. Our 633 apologetic events are free for you to attend, both in person and through our live stream. And we open the floor so you can ask questions too. So if you have not seen one of our 633 events, you can always watch previous ones on walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael. Well, what do you have to do to be equipped? Does that sound like a little too much work for you? Hey, I know some of you are listening early morning on the freeway or you're at lunch or you've had a busy day and you're trying to decompress and then you hear a message about you got to serve, you got to serve, you got to serve. Well, you know, here's the way I think of it. It's a privilege to serve, and I will tell you this. I wasn't always in full-time ministry. Um, I worked a, a different secular job, if you will, but it was my passion to serve the Lord. And I know for all the believers out there, I think I, I could speak for every committed believer, it's your passion too. Sometimes it feels a bit overwhelming. Sometimes you say, well, what do I have to do to be equipped? Well, what you really have to do is let the Holy Spirit do that work in your life. Get into your Bible, um, seek the Lord, and he'll really do the rest. He'll do the equipping for you. And uh, one of the things that he does is he provides others in the body of Christ to help equip us, pastors, teachers, evangelists, uh, to help equip us so that we can do the work of service. You know, really, that's the pastor's job and the evangelist and others to equip the saints so that you can do ministry 
And so you could say that this radio program is an equipping ministry. And uh, you let others pour into you. You let God the Holy Spirit do his work in your life. And you're going to be equipped. And then you say, here I am, Lord, send me. Even if you feel like, hey, I wasn't the best student in the world. I don't feel like a scholar. Just do the basics and the Lord will take care of the rest. Well, our Sunday morning services at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona in Southern California, where I serve as senior pastor. Now, they do go out on our YouTube channel. You say, Pastor Michael, how do I get to that? Well, if you go on YouTube, just search Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona or download our app, our free Living Truth Christian Fellowship app in your app store, and you can connect to our YouTube channel. You can also get there at walkintruth.com. This is a way that you can join us for a Sunday service if you're a, a radio listener in another state, if you're a podcast listener. We would love for you to join us on Sunday mornings. We begin at 10.30 a.m. Pacific time, and you can join us. Hey, if you're not plugged into a fellowship, and or maybe you go to church and you'd like to add um, another layer to your worship, join us on our YouTube channel. Go to walkintruth.com, and you can connect right there, and uh, we'll see you there. And one more reminder that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported program. Thanks to listeners and church partners like you, we're now on three more radio stations. So praise God. Hey, if you're a longtime listener, please become a partner of at least $5 a month. You can visit walkintruth.com to donate or call 844-48-TRUTH. And join us on Monday for the conclusion of Pastor Michael Lance's teaching in Ephesians 4, 7-16 called Equipped to Serve. I'm Mike Massaro. Hey, have a great weekend and thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.